0: Hey, this is Stu with Bitcoin Fi and I wanted to talk again about the value proposition of crypto and a little bit about how the blockchain works and what it means when people say crypto is built on blockchain. Also, some of the recent headlines lately have been about China banning crypto and cracking down on mining. It's pretty interesting because if you were to put all of the money you wanted to invest in disruptive companies and technologies that China has banned, there's pretty much nothing you could have done to have gotten a better return than to buy what China bans. From Google to Facebook to Bitcoin. It's amazing. It's crazy. So honestly I don't see it as a bad thing, them banning it, because they've banned it, you know, <laughs> multiple times. They always say that. And how do you ban it's kinda of like saying you're banning the internet you know, this decentralized thing that is mined all over the world and and you just, how do you control that? It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. There's also some thoughts that China is banning it just to drive the price down so their government can secretly buy more, but they also don't want that competition against their digital currency. So interesting stuff there, but honestly, it's a huge loss for them and a big gain for America. I think it makes a lot of sense for America. It's becoming um, more popular to mining, like the mining is moving to Texas and other states in America, and it's almost back up to the same amount of computing power for mining as before the China ban. China had been a huge place for mining because of how cheap electricity is there, although it's very dirty, so this is actually making Bitcoin more green and less energy intensive with what we have here in America. So, there's that. Let's talk a little bit about the basics of blockchain. To put it simply, think of a block as just a piece of paper in a notebook or a Word document. Okay, And on this piece of paper is a list of transactions. And I think we all know what a chain is, you know, just like a links of metal connected together. And so, think of just like a word doc that you're scrolling through and it's all connected, you know, you just scroll from page to page, you can go from page 1 to page 2. And think of those as the chain links. Or in a notebook, think of the pages as the chain links. Essentially, it's just a list of transactions. And a block is just a smaller chunk of those transactions so you can kind of consolidate to a block think of uh, almost like a file cabinet. We're just going to say whatever transactions happen in this 10 minutes we're going to put that in this green folder and, and stick that in the file cabinet and then we're going to move on to a new folder so that one folder is not overflowing. That's essentially what a block is. It's just a list of transactions for a set period of time. Okay. And how it works, what what's so good about it is that it's really transparent. So we all have wallets when you own crypto. So you have a wallet address associated with your account. There's not really names tied to it. And Planet Money had this great way of describing this, the Planet Money podcast by NPR. But it's essentially like everyone in crypto and everyone that owned Bitcoin, for example, imagine that we're all sitting in an auditorium and someone decides to make a transaction we're all sitting there with a piece of paper with our notebook and i walk down and i say hey i would like to send half of a bitcoin to bill over here and then everyone in the auditorium is going to write that down okay subtract half a bitcoin from stew over to bill right that simple but everyone in the auditorium knows about this transaction. It's transparent and it's decentralized. So decentralization is the big idea here and it's also a big trend in technology and in American society and business so we'll talk more about that too. But essentially that's what's happening is anytime there's a transaction it gets written down on an online ledger and every 10 minutes or so that's put into a block or a folder and we're gonna archive that but anyone can go back and check those records and everyone that mines has a copy of those records it's all transparent you can see which wallet address sent money or received money from the other wallet address so that transparency is really key compare that with traditional financial system it's centralized So if someone hacks, we'll just say, a bank, like Bank of America or something, Bank of America owns their data and they own, it's just one authority that owns account numbers and that owns uh, account balances. So if someone hacks them, they can change it because you only have to change the one place. You only have to hack one place. But to hack Bitcoin, you would have to hack 51% of the miners or more. So it's super secure because that'd be like hacking hundreds of thousands of computers around the world to convince 51% of the people in the auditorium, the metaphorical auditorium, that no, I really didn't send that Bitcoin to Bill. Um, It's the other way. And that would kind of create like a fork in the chain. It would go off in two different directions. Hopefully that kind of makes sense. But Essentially, because it's so decentralized, it's really hard to hack. It's really hard to create a discrepancy because everyone is validating and keeping track and has their own copy of all the transactions there is. And also, um, what's really interesting is today there was news about the Pandora papers that broke. And I'm reading this a little bit on CNBC. I guess this was Sunday, October 3rd, but here's the first paragraph. It says, hundreds of world leaders, powerful politicians, billionaires, celebrities, religious leaders, and drug dealers have been hiding their investments in mansions, exclusive beachfront property, yachts, and other assets for the past 25 years, according to a review of nearly 12 million files. And it's just kind of crazy because there's a lot of corruption here with these offshore accounts shielding these assets worth trillions of dollars in in total. And it's more than 330 current and former politicians. It's just pervasive. And, And what are they using? They're not using crypto. They're not using cash. They're using the traditional financial system, right? Because a lot of people say that Crypto is only used for illegal activities by criminals. (laughs) I think you're thinking of the traditional banking system because literally that's what happens. And it's pretty crazy to to read this and, and the implications for all the tax avoidance. So pretty interesting stuff. With blockchain, you don't have this problem because everything is transparent. Everything is out in the open. For anyone to go out and bet and to check. So I think that's really cool and a huge pro for decentralized finance, uh, blockchain. Um, the bigger trend of decentralization, it used to be that you go to Marriott or Hyatt or Best Western as a hotel. These are centralized entities. And you're just going to that place to, to stay. You, you've probably used an Airbnb or a VRBO if you live in America or North America at least, you've probably experienced these um, when traveling. And often you have a lot better experience with an Airbnb because you can do what you want with the property. You can cook there, like the amenities are there. It's just someone else's house, right? And, And that's an improvement in the market there. We used to go to a centralized hotel when we traveled, but now it's becoming decentralized. We're just going to a network of people on Airbnb that have put up their stuff for us to use. The same thing for Uber and Lyft. Instead of going to a centralized taxi company, we're going to just use random people's cars. Instead of going to a rental agency, we're going to go to Turo and rent a privately owned vehicle instead of something owned by a centralized company. Same thing is happening for news. You used to get your news from the newspaper or from CBS or NBC or wherever you get your news. Now a lot of people get their news from other people online, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, basically from their network, right? So it's all been decentralized to some degree. And this is just a trend in the world. And most of the time, you have a better experience. Like going through Truro is so much better than going through a rental agency to, to get a rental car. And Being able to cook at your Airbnb and have a yard instead of, you know, just living in a hotel for that vacation. There's pros and cons, so it just depends on what you want. But the same thing is true for finance. We've never had a decentralized option until Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So I think that's a really interesting trend globally and a great value proposition. There is a big push now. Facebook today had a six-hour outage but if it was running on blockchain it wouldn't have happened at least that's my understanding but it was like a advertisement for crypto because bitcoin has had you know virtually zero downtime ever because it's running on not just a centralized set of computers in the cloud or whatever it's running on a bunch of computers throughout the world on different networks so um Right now, how it works is, and I'll touch on this later, there's a great podcast. It's called The Unstoppable Podcast. And it's kind of hard to explain, but the Web 3.0 is decentralized internet. Instead of it being ran through centralized entities like Google, Facebook, and other companies like that, Twitter, that own your data, Web 3.0 is going to turn that on its head, and you are going to own your data. And it's going to be all decentralized instead of centralized. So I'll talk more about that. But the Unstoppable podcast is a really good resource for that. And they are kind of on the front lines on of building that out. Uh, again, that's pretty interesting. But I'm going to keep it short. And we can talk about that later. So anyway, hopefully this helps explain how blockchain works. Why there's a big trend for decentralization and the crypto ban. In China, we'll see how this affects other nations. I'm sure a lot are watching what's going on in El Salvador, but I'm excited to see all the new developments that are gonna that are gonna keep coming this fall. And just remember, financial independence is doable, and I will be back with you soon.